Mayor Busher, a quorum is present. You know what time it is. Welcome. We are returned. It is the Council Roundup with Trent Nelson and hope you had a wonderful Halloween. We were off last week, but we have returned, as has the City Council. There's a lot of stuff that we have to get to this week. Of course, the consent agenda at the beginning of the City Council had some real gems that we look forward to discussing during this program, as well as subsequent council roundups, and of course, our other programs. And let's jump right into it. The next item on the agenda is the consent agenda. The chair will entertain a motion to incorporate the pre-council reading of the consent agenda into the record of this council meeting. So move, Mayor. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on the consent agenda? All those in favor of the motion, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed, nay. The motion will carry. The chair will now entertain a motion to place the consent agenda on final passage. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on that? All in favor, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed, please say no. The motion will now carry. Alderwoman Conley, do you vote yay or nay on the passing of the consent agenda? Aye. Aye. So that would be nine voting yes, none voting no. On the consent agenda, 2023-479 is one that has grabbed my interest in the past and was passed on consent last night. 2023-479, an ordinance approving a professional services agreement with Springfield's on Hanson Professional Services Incorporated in and for an amount not to exceed $48,300 for services encompassing the creation of an RFK and an RFP. For the partial and phased dismantling and tearing down of Dalman Units 31, 32, and 33, as well as the Lakeside Precipitor and Chimney. Now, previously on WMAY, you will have been able to hear that the City Council has a survey in place, which is slated to attempt to determine uh, in which direction CWOP and the City should take the Dalman Power Plant, whether it should be converted into a natural gas Operation, wind, solar, etc. And so this ordinance is a part of this entire larger process. An RFQ is a request for qualification and an RFP is a request for proposal. These are two general contracting terms referring to an institution, an organization, or a company searching for other companies who are qualified potentially to fulfill the tasks requested, in this instance, uh, referring to the Dalman Power Plant. The task of phasing out, dismantling, and tearing down Dalman Units 31, 32, 33 et al. And an RFP, piggybacking off of an RFQ, seeks that those qualified businesses collected through the RFQ can submit a proposal as per exactly how they intend to go about completing this endeavor. Big stuff for the community, big stuff for CWLP, big stuff for the present, and big stuff for the future. Now, now, 2023-479 is simply one of the many ordinances on the consent agenda. 2023-479 through 492, as well as 
2023-496, they were all included in the consent agenda and they authorize and approve various different endeavors. We will highlight the most important 2023-482, an ordinance accepting the lowest bid and authorizing the execution of contract number PW240845 with or construction for the Northeast Pilot Area Sanitary Sewer Improvements in an amount not to exceed $636,027. And we spoke about this on our last council roundup as well. When one part of the city suffers some type of sanitary or sewer issue, it is the entire community that eventually end up suffering. And so taking care of our community and the sanitary needs of it is paramount for the success of our entire city. And so money well spent by the city council on that. In 2023, 485 through 489, authorize authorize the expenditure of money uh, as it relates to the Springfield Rail Improvement Project, which is, of course, massively important for the reorganization, restructuring of our community, for commuting, for transportation purposes, for safety, public safety purposes. Uh, Springfield Rail Improvement Project is in the same league as the Dolman circumstance and the sanitary sewer circumstance for our city. And while Dalman perhaps jumps out at you most aggressively, surely it's not the only th- from the city council. How could it? There was so much more from the ordinances that were tabled to those on emergency passage. And especially, and this is what we're going to highlight most for the rest of this episode of Council Roundup with Trent Nelson, the residency debate. And so after the consent agenda was passed 9-0, we moved on to those ordinances and resolutions that are remaining tabled and or in committee. It was a quick list of five, but we did have some questions about them as well. 2023-451 was actually requested to be withdrawn. That's a two-month extension of an agreement with Napa Auto Parts because it had been previously taken care of was no longer necessary. 2023-443 also came up in questions concerning the Office of Public Works continued need for an additional grapple truck to join the fleet of grapple trucks in the instances that those trucks require maintenance. Little tender care, you know. And then 2023-430 through 432 remains tabled as the DCEO answers questions relating to the funds and grants from the Springfield Police. Which brings us to, of course, the debate agenda, which had, well, more big news. 2023-494 dwarfs everything else other than Dahlman in this host's opinion. 2023-494 is an ordinance approving a moratorium on the enforcement of the residency requirement in Chapter 36, Section 36.0. Zero five of the 1988 City of Springfield Code of Ordinances. Now, this, of course, refers to the residency requirement, as was noted previously, refers to 
a long-standing issue. Last time on the program, you may have heard former Alderman McMiniman came back to the Horseshoe to discuss a bit of the history behind the residency requirement and what has happened in the past when the city has looked to make similar innovations. It was fascinating. We urge you to go check out the last program to hear that. And for this city council meeting, we had, well, we had some lively debate. We also had an amendment to it. What was the amendment, you might ask? Well, you're not alone. Alderman Williams was also curious. Can someone explain the amendment, please? Yes, I was asked uh, to prepare an amendment that essentially grandfathers in anybody who lives outside of the city uh, when they're hired during this moratorium or who moves outside of the city during this moratorium. So anybody who has a residence outside of the city while this moratorium is in place will be grandfathered in when it is lifted um, based on on this uh, based on this amendment. Who sponsored that ordinance? Uh, the the um, amendment was proposed by Alderman uh, Donnellan based on our discussion at the committee of the whole meeting. That's correct. And Alderman Donnellan decided to clarify his position shortly after the amendment was explained more thoroughly. Take a listen. Mayor, just briefly, I, you know, I brought this up at the Committee of the Whole, my concern about, you know, obviously if the moratorium were to go into effect and people were to be hired, and we didn't have some kind of grandfathering clause in there, what would be the point of having a moratorium? Because the logic of having a moratorium is attracting people, greater masses, to come and apply for certain jobs. And and uh, I thought this was important to make it clear and not scare people off, that, which is the intent of trying to attract people that normally wouldn't come here. So really that simple. Now, the amendment passed by a vote of 72 Alderman Gregory and Alderman Williams voted nay to the amendment. And and once the amendment was accepted by the majority, we got into the debate proper. And while we wish we had the time in our council roundup to go through each and every point made by each and every individual who was present at the discussion last night, we can offer Alderman Rockford, Alderwoman Notriano, and City of Springfield Director of Human Resources, Nikki Baker. I I got a question for CWLP and and Public Works. Two weeks ago when we talked about this, uh, that we were, were not able to get city residents to apply for these positions. Um, I don't know if Doug's here or Scott or whoever. Can you tell me how many how many linemen CWLP is down right now? <clears throat> well, from down being a relative term, but from the peak before we had all the um, budget issues, finance issues with the electric division, we had a close to 85 to 90 linemen. That wasn't just line department. That's the whole electric side of the IBW contract. Today we're in the 55 to 60 range. I don't have the exact number in front of me. Okay, so so when when... Were these positions, alignment positions, budgeted for in fiscal year 2024? How many positions were budgeted for? Total. Do we know that? Off the top of my head, no. Okay. Um, I, so, can, I can tell you we budgeted for, I think it was eight apprentices that were hired this year. Okay, eight, eight apprentices, but no journeymen. 
We did leave. We did budget for two journeymen this year. Two journeymen. Yes. Um, so my, my question is, is, is how are we supposed to recoup and, and, and replenish our, our linemen when we're not even budgeting for positions, when we know that retirements and we know that people are going to be leaving uh, and we don't fill positions? I, I don't understand when we, we say that people don't don't apply for these jobs. If there's no jobs budgeted and, and we don't have the money there, how are we how are we going to pay people to and, and, we, and we say we, we, we need linemen? You know, not every year we're going to have a storm like we did, but but again, now all of a sudden we need we, we need linemen and we don't even have budgeted positions. This isn't all of a sudden. This this. No, I, I understand that, Scott, but but this has been going on for years. And, and my question is: is why do we drag our feet when it comes to hiring people, especially linemen who are minutemen, who are the people that we rely on the most to to get this the jobs done, and, and we don't have bodies. So historically, getting linemen has been hard. Um, getting journeyman linemen is, is difficult. So we have posted it. We posted, I think this is the second or third time we've posted it, and we finally have two qualified candidates, possibly a third qualified candidate that we're going to interview. I think it's next week. So we've posted it. We didn't budget because we weren't getting applicants. Um, from the apprentice standpoint, to build back to linemen, that is, we can we typically from a construction side, we don't want to get more than six linemen, and we wait every two years. That is because of apprenticeship and training, and, and the requirements that we have, the manpower to be able to train them. So part of it is also a, a ratio that's in the contract. If we have too many apprentices on site, I don't have enough journeymen or foremen to to effectively train them. So that, we've got a chart here that's kind of laid out, but you can see every two years where we're hiring apprentices, and that's been ongoing for quite a while. But is it, isn't there a statute, you know, within the, the, the IVW that says you, you have to have so many journeymen per? There's nothing like that. Well, journeymen per apprentice. Per apprenticeship. It's, so, it's, many, so many journeymen per for every it's, it's actually the other way. There's okay. a minimum or a maximum number of apprentices per journeyman. For, for journeyman. For performing, actually, not journeyman. The way it lays out, there's a there's apprentices and journeyman performing. So, yes, ultimately there is a ratio there that has to be maintained. Okay, so, so I, you know, that, that's, uh, okay, that answers uh, my question about the, the linemen. Uh, but for, you know, public works, when I hear about public works not being able to, to get qualified help or the, the Springfield residents not stepping up and want to become a, a city employee, I don't, I don't buy that. I don't, you know, and I, I don't know why residency has anything to do with that because I, I can tell you there's people that work for the, that live in the city of Springfield would love to work for the, for the city. So, again, I, I don't know how many people were down at, at public works. We just actually just hired a number of uh, truck driver truck driver laborers, I think eight or nine of them we hired probably in the last six weeks. And we had maybe 15, 16 applicants. So uh, we're short a few people here and there. I think there were short a couple at the uh, at the sewer barn. Um, and there may be uh, several administrative positions that we're short right now. But, you know, and I'm, and I'm just talking with public works. I know there's I know there's accountants. I know there's engineers. I know there's a lot of different uh, areas within the department that need need 
to be addressed. But uh, I, just, I, I find it hard to believe that nobody wants to work for the city of Springfield. Uh, and, and, and to say that we need to draw from the outside to bring them in, I think that we got enough qualified people within city of Springfield to fill these positions. And that's my that's my take. Yes. Sir. So thank you. It's not going to be easy to fill all of our positions that are vacant, bargaining unit or otherwise, um, because according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, our city, which is the linchpin of a metropolitan statistical area that includes Sangamon and Menards counties, has uh, record low unemployment and has had record low unemployment um, since about 2017. Um, and so what we're doing here is um, I, I guess I don't know where these um, where these employees are going to come from, right? It appears to me that everyone in Sangamon and Menard counties who wants to work uh, is currently employed and um, so are, if you look at the uh, BLS statistics for uh, Peoria and Bloomington and Champaign uh, and even Decatur their uh, unemployment rates are also at record lows. Uh, so I just don't know that there are um, people out to be gotten um, by lifting this moratorium. Um, so what have we done to make jobs at the city of Springfield um, more attractive? Are you asking the chair a question? Yes. Well, our director of HR is here, but you are aware I've only been the mayor for six months, right? Oh, no, 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I gotcha. So I can only speak for six months. Absolutely. Since the moratorium was passed, and statistics show applications have mm -hmm. gone down since it was passed. So I can only speak for since I've been here. Mm -hmm. um, so we look, I'll let Nikki come up and maybe speak to that. Yeah, just I'm questions sorry. Director it. Baker. You're very fine. Um, today is my third month anniversary, <laughs> so thanks for this. <laughs> um, I, and so to see what we're doing is that we have a lot of things that we're starting. So as I am looking at recruitment and the residency requirement, it won't allow my staff to just start eating bonbons. This is not going to fix all the challenges from a recruitment or identifying how we can meet talent and how we can entice them to come. With the record unemployment, and you are absolutely right, those numbers tell us that we are are probably pulling for people who have jobs. So we're not looking for the people who are not employed because they don't have the requisite skills for many of the positions. We are looking to get them to make a change in their employment. And that is a different type of outreach than what you do when you have a large unemployment and you have a pool of candidates who are actively looking. We've got to make connections that entice them to just update their resume because often that's the piece that says, oh, if I apply for that job, I've got to write a new resume, I've got to do a cover letter, I've got to be prepared. So we're currently identifying what those recruitment relationships can be both in the city and in surrounding areas and how can we make relationships, how can we get them to know us. So what we've done in my three months is we have done a lot of outreach so far 
like going out to UIS to be able to make those those connections and making connections with other groups and ensuring that we are making personal connections. So those pieces are happening. The other pieces that are in progress are still identifying what is it that makes somebody make that change. And you are right, Alderman Donnellan, that's changed. Um, the pandemic had a huge change on how people evaluate where do I want to work. And so the answer to that question isn't the one that I've used for the last 20 years. It's a new answer. And so you've got to ask the question and you've got to listen. This piece won't take care of that because in that same data, because the, the Springfield information, when you look for at workforce availability, there isn't one just for Springfield. So generally, I don't use Springfield MSA because it includes Menard County. I look at just Sangamon County. And here's what I know about Sangamon County. It has reduced in the number of people that are in the workforce, and that is reduced by 3%. I also know from the Bureau of Labor Statistics that the demand for jobs in Springfield is increasing, and some of those, that increase is huge. So if I just pull engineering, for example, and I'm looking at engineering, many of those are in the double digit. So our population is shrinking. Our demand is increasing. And I know from the census that around the community, while we're getting smaller, some of those are communities are getting larger. I also know that by that same bureau of, of looking at the workforce availability for Sangamon County, that while the workforce total decreased by 3%, Engineers, so the category that tells me the people with the requisite skills for science, engineers, and computer professionals has decreased by 30%. Oh my God. Those are the wrong numbers um, since 2012. So I, well, let me make sure that data. So we have decreased our total people that are in the workforce by 3%, but in some of those categories, we have lost the people with the requisite skill. And so I'm looking at this as a math equation because that's what recruitment is. I need to find people who can do the job and will do the job. And I want a broader perspective. So what I know is we get about half the number of applicants for every job we're hiring for than we used to. And it's on a basis of many, many reasons. But the world has changed since the residency went into effect and then where it is now. Not just because of the residency, it's just changed. Powerful stuff. Compelling arguments made. Director Baker, Alderwoman Notriano, Alderman Rockford. And of course, there were many others. We wish we had unlimited amounts of time to provide you with all of the clips. You will just have to go to WMAY.com or the City of Springfield's website to listen to last night's audio for yourself. We will not be mad. We picked out the bits most necessary for those living across Springfield and the greater community. This is the Council Roundup with Trent R. Nelson. So after much discussion, much debate, some raised voices and some pointed questions, 2023-494 concerning the residency moratorium was passed with seven yeses and three noes. 
seven yays and three nays, as it were. The other item up for debate was 2023-495, which was passed unanimously. After much less discussion, it is the ordinance authorizing the execution of an agreement with the Springfield Area Arts Council in an amount not to exceed $30,000. And with that, we came to emergency passage before the evening wrapped up. What was a part of emergency passage, you might ask? Well, we had four specific items, 2023-538 through 2023-541, accepting grant funds from such institutions as the Illinois Housing Development Authority, the Illinois Office of the Attorney General, as well as ratifying the ordinance concerning health care premiums, which our previous council roundup also addressed. And while there is always more that we could get to, we also, we have limited time. And so for Council Roundup with Trent R. Nelson, we're always happy that you joined us. We hope that you came away from today's Council Roundup more knowledgeable than you were when you joined. We appreciate you and we look forward to seeing you for our next episode of the Council Roundup. Stay informed and stay thinking. Stay thinking.